He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday the th- Friday the thirteenth, Friday May 13, twenty twenty two. Let's go. Is that still a big thing, Friday the thirteenth? Does that still? Is there such a thing as superstition anymore in the post-truth world? What could possibly be suspicious? <laughs> what could be more suspicious than the horseshit that you see flying by you on the internet? Or when you drive by one of your neighbor's house and you see all these crazy signs about vaccines? What could be more crazy than... Is, is that as dangerous as a cat walking under a ladder? Or is a black cat? What do you never cross the... Anyway... I do have a fondness for the movies, Friday the 13th. I always liked Jason. Jason Voorhees. He grew up, you know, he had his, like, like me for a couple years, he had a single, he grew up the son of a, of Mrs. Voorhees. He grew up a, the son of a single mother. He spent a lot of, he loved the water, like I did, like I do. And, uh, he attended, or he ran things at Camp Crystal. Uh, those, again, that's my sweet spot for movies. And and Jason, sweet spot era of movies, 80s, 90s. Jason represented to me a simpler time in horror movies. Where maybe the worst I could see is somebody getting decapitated. Even if it was, as a matter of fact, I think at the end of part one or part two, Jason himself. <laughs> Jason himself, I think, took a beheading, right? Or no, Jason popped out of the water and decapitated that woman. But I, that's when I got off the horror movie train. I never even saw Jason versus Freddy. But I heard that Jason won and he chopped Freddy's head off. <laughs> I like decapitation. I, you know, I've never seen those, decap- those ISIS or uh, Al-Qaeda decapitation videos on, online. I'm, I'm, it's not really my thing, but my horror movie heyday was before torture porn and, and the hostels and Saw, and I'm sure there are like a million others that I don't know that are, bro, if you think those are bad, here's one where people are doing a human centipede or some shit like that. And I'm like, I don't even know what a human centipede is, so I'm going to Google that and find out, what? Really? They were all sewn together like that? Anyway, I like Jason. And if you go back to those early movies, I think you can see some people who went on to be famous. I don't know who they were. Johnny Depp was in. Johnny Depp was in the other one. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. I liked Freddy too. You know why? He was a quipster. Freddy had a sense of humor. Bump to prime time, bitch. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, the bastard son of a thousand men. Happy Friday the 13th. I can't imagine. I mean, nobody talks about the Bermuda Triangle anymore, do they? But when I was a kid, that was the most amazing thing. Now the bullshit that people buy hook, line, and sinker makes the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, no, actually, it was just a weird weather pattern off the Bahamas, and some ships got lost, and they couldn't. Anyway, I hope your week went well. I hope you're preparing for a great weekend. I, myself, am in Chicago. And unfortunately, I'm not here to do comedy shows, but I am here for memorial service of one of my uncles. An uncle that I have not seen in at least 25 years, maybe longer, but of whom I have very fond memories. 
my and I'm gonna don't worry I'm gonna get to like I said after the last podcast I'm gonna start this podcast right away talking about the Georgia whatever they are Georgia stones or Georgia guidestones I have it I have the window open I just have to look over it and read the link that that person sent me but I'm in Chicago for a memorial service today Friday for an uncle who passed I think probably close to a year ago and the family who is scattered all over and he'd been in ailing health for some time the family who's scattered all over the country is you know just now was the time when everyone could get together I don't know if that's a long time a short time I just know it's happening and that is testament to my cousins and the people that are putting it together so it's one of those memorial services which will be sad and melancholic but at the same time i'll see a lot of people who i have not seen in some time including my cousin uh, where i'm staying tonight thursday now i'm recording this thursday night my cousin who lives in ukrainian village which He's not like, he didn't move here just in solidarity in the last month and a half. He's lived here for more than 10 years. And boy, has the neighborhood changed quite a bit. It's really snazzy in Ukrainian village in Chicago. And there are blue and yellow bunting and flags all over the place. And guess who my travel companion was this morning? It was my three-year-old daughter. We, as we've done the last couple of days... Got up at 4.50 a.m. I can't believe I'm doing this. So I'm on four and a half hours of sleep or something like that. We got up at 4.50 because she just wanted to know if it was daytime. And it's not. That's the answer. It's not. Well, she likes to party like it is daytime. So she stays up and I can't go back to sleep because, I didn't tell you this, my wife was out of town. My wife was in New York. So I knew my wife was going to be in New York. I knew the memorial service was happening in Chicago. And a few weeks ago or a month ago, I said, hey, the girl and I are going to go to Chicago for the memorial service. And my wife said, great, why don't I join you from New York? So my wife flew to New York on Wednesday. My daughter and I stayed together Thursday night, a uh, Wednesday night, and then got up early Thursday morning and flew to Chicago. And Midway Airport, if it matters to you travelers. And the other day I said on the podcast, you know, I think we're probably in a good sweet spot, moved out of the terrible twos, threes. I've been a better dad and throwing different pitches as a parent. And I said, you bet I better fucking not get too cocky because we have some plane trips coming up. And you know what? She was a stellar traveler until the fucking final 15 minutes of the flight when she melted down. And the woman next to me said, you're doing a great job. <laughs> That's how bad it was. She's The woman was offering me moral support. But prior to that, going through security and, and you know, handling the parking lot and, you know, she wanted to wear a mask, so she wore a mask. She was a big girl all the way through on the plane. And then just, like, with 15 minutes to go, I was like, I think I'm going to fuck with Dad right now. And I tell her, like, you know I don't want you to kick the seat in front of me, in front of you. But that's, you're really fucking messing that person up. And, and which is the best way because kids rebel against their parents. I'm trying to say, you might be fucking me up, but you're really 
doing something that that person's not going to like. And I know she doesn't want to do that because she's a good kid. But other than that, uh, she was great. But she did fucking lose her marbles. And the woman commended me. She goes, wow, you're so even keeled. Like, well, what am I going to do? If I go three times as hard, it's just going to cause World War V. Um, So just kind of. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying, but you know what? I'm trying and I'm not, I'm, as I've said to you before, I'm being self-aware. I'm not reacting. I'm acting. Like if you're going to try to kick the person's seat, I'm going to have to hold your legs because I can't trust you to not do that. But I'm not like, and fucking stay there. I'm not trying to scare her. Right. I don't want to do that. Maybe that's not exactly seventies parenting, but that's, I'm not trying to scare her. We sailed through, sailed through security in Atlanta in part because the staff was so nice and just let us, uh, as I said to my daughter, oh, they let us take a shortcut. And this is to take you in the mind of a three-year-old. She's so literal that she said, is it going to I said, oh, great, girl, look, we got a shortcut. And she stopped and she goes, is it going to hurt? I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, the shortcut. Like the what? Oh, no, not like that kind of cut. Why is it called a shortcut? Because we're cutting through the underbrush on the way to grandmother's house. So we landed. My cousin picked us up. I'm in. He has a killer place in Ukrainian village where he lives with his wife and kids. And I'm in there. It's it's a I don't know what you call it. It's a town house. It's a, it's a I don't know what you call it. It's a townhouse. Where like one of the main floors is underground. So I am on the bottom floor in their master closet, which the acoustics to me seem insane. They see it's great and it's it's nice and cozy and they have lots of nice clothes and hangers. And he's got some nice Jordans too. So the girl and I ran and ran around after we had lunch with my cousin. The girl and I ran around Ukrainian village today, got a Ukrainian Ukrainian flag. Um I had a great time. And then she got to party with her cousins who she never met. So after we came, after we, she and I had dinner out on the town, we then, and this woman sitting next to me was, next to us, but next to me was, she wasn't flirtatious, but she was, she was trying to keep talk, talking to me. She was like giving me that like, oh, you're, oh, daddy, daughter, that kind of vibe. I was like, yeah, what's up? Anyway, we heard She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones. Dun, 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 And then came back. We were coming back, trying to stay on the East Coast time. And I'm like, all right, girl, we'll get back. We'll take a shower, read books, go to bed. And she's like, I want to paint, you know, because my uh, my cousin's kid got her some little paints. And, I'm, and you know, that means it's going to be an hour and a half and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, why am I being that guy trying to keep her on the schedule? So as soon as we get back, my cousin's like, oh, you kids want to paint. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we're just about to get in the shower, but sure. And then she stayed up like two hours past her normal bedtime and had a blast with her cousins. And that's the right thing to do. And I never really thought twice about it. Like, fucking have a blast. You're going to be a disaster in the morning. Who gives a shit? That's the way it should work. And so she had a blast with her cousin who's... Tw- uh, girl who's 12 
and uh, you know she had the time of her life with my three-year-old daughter and then my daughter my daughter my I got my daughter bathed she and I took a bath tonight that's right <laughs> a bath with and finished it with a shower and then read a quick book and she went to sleep in a nanosecond and not that big of a deal two hours later than normal we'll see what happens uh and then my wife flew in from New York. So she got here 45 minutes ago. And I said, I'm glad you're here. and glad everyone's sitting down to have some wine. I'm going to go down and find a quiet place to record the podcast. So here I am. And I want to talk about the goddamn Georgia Guidestones or whatever they're called. But what I want to quickly say about my, my uncle who, who passed and then we're going to memorialize on this day. My signature memory of him not only when I had run away from home and was living in Philadelphia, essentially alone, estranged from my family at the age of 19, and did he and his then-wife, my aunt, invite me to their Christmas in Chicago. And then when I got there, estranged from my family, fucked up in the head, he treated me just so normally, like, hey, man, good to see you. Glad you're here. How are you? You look well. Glad you, you're going to school and whatever else. And I felt so not judged, which, as you've heard me repeat on this podcast, is been a thing in my life where I felt like people have not accepted me without conditions, real or imagined, okay? And it's not something I really think about now. I mean, I talk about it now, but just sort of been relaying my story. He made me feel like I was fine just the way I was. And that was fucking really awesome. As did a childhood friend's dad who came back to Philadelphia on business one time when I was living there at the age of 19, having driven across the country with stolen credit cards and all this other shit. And he came visited and just treated me. He knew that I was estranged from my family and ran away from home. But he was just like, hey, man, good to see you. How you doing? Yeah, you look well. Glad to hear you, you know. And those kind of things from those adults... It's not to besmirch my family or anyone like that, but just like having somebody from the outside who knows you, but also knows that you're bullshit to say like, you're good, means something. And so I'll have that memory of my uncle. And this uncle, by the way, married my dad's sister. So he's not like even a blood uncle. But he's still my uncle, right? He married my dad's sister. And the other memory I will have of him is when he and his four children were visiting Southern California when I was a kid. And somehow we all went to the grocery store. Me, my brother, and his four kids. And there was, I swear, a... I will swear, and, I, and you know how memory works. It can be fallible. I will swear that there was a box of cereal and the prize inside it. This is how grimy <laughs> my childhood was. The, bo- the prize inside it was some plastic tool to carve soap. I, will, I would lay myself down on a train track believing that is what was inside there. Could be to- totally wrong. You're like, what, so it was just like a toothbrush or a shiv that someone made in prison? Yeah, that's kind of what it was. And there were six children standing in that store. And some of them, one of them was like, oh my God, I got to get this. And it was one of his kids. And he was like, like, I, I got to get this. I got to get this. And we needed cereal, right? They were going to be out there for a little while. We needed cereal. And I I remember very distinctly 
He didn't say no. He didn't say, oh, okay, well, I'll get one and you're my favorite kid. You can have it. This man bought six boxes of cereal so we each could have one of those stupid fucking shivs to carve soap. <laughs> and knowing him, he probably also bought us six bars of soap. Probably was like, I'm going to get him the, you know, uh, what's the janky one, Jurgens or <laughs> one of those ones that just bleaches your skin. But I thought that was that, that was really telling, that that was his solution. I'll buy, and maybe Big Spender, but I don't think he was a money man. He's like, I'll, I'll just buy cereal for all the kids. And that's that's how I will remember him, and that's what I will tell his children when I see them. And, and they might be like, no, that was... <laughs> you misremembered him. He hated cereal, and he hated children. So anyway, that is what is happening with me. I'll be back on Saturday. Thank you for the support. Uh, here's what I want to read. The Georgia Guidestones. And for listeners of the podcast, you'll know what I'm talking about. This is a pickup on the narrative of the, the backstory, frankly, of listener Ellen C., who, whose parents convert became... Parents were really cool, and then they weren't <laughs> when she turned 13. Her parents were fucking partiers, and then they found Jesus when she was 13 and, you know, made her life, uh, you know, judge the hell out of her, I guess, and maybe still do. But anyway, she said in the, in the, in an email, she sent that now they have all the time in the world to go to Christian amusement parks, which I didn't know were a thing. And then, and also go to places like the Georgia Guidestones. And I said on a previous podcast, I don't know what that is. Christian amusement parks. What the? F- like, here's the point I want to make. It, they need to market themselves. Of course, they're not probably trying to reach me. Anyway, we'll take a sponsor if you want. Magic. We have Magic Mountain. Isn't that the same thing as Christianity? <laughs> Moses went up on top of Magic Mountain and was like, "What's up?" So I said, what are the Georgia Guidestones? And before I could blink, a listener to the podcast texted from a number I didn't recognize a link to, and I didn't look at the link until I got into this article, and the website I think might be pretty special. It's to a link called geoengineeringwatch.org. I don't, there's, there's a lot in there. And it says, what are the Georgia Guidestones? And I started reading this the other day. One of the highest hilltops in Elbert County stands a huge granite monument engraved in eight different languages on the four giant stones that Elbert County, Georgia, pardon me, in eight different, engraved in eight different languages on the four giant stones that support the common capstone. I don't know what that means. Maybe, oh, maybe common capstone is like if your four legs of a chair, the actually seat where you put your butt, is that the capstone? That makes sense, I'm, I'm presuming. Are ten guides, or commandments. The monument is also alternately referred to as the Georgia Guidestones, or the American Stonehenge. Though relatively unknown to most people, it is an important link to the occult hierarchy. <laughs> and that was the thing that gave me pause last time. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, what? What is this fucking geoengineeringwatch.org? And who books that? 
They are an important link to the occult hierarchy that dominates the world in which we live. It goes on to say, The origin of that strange monument is shrouded in mystery because no one knows the true identity of the man or men who commissioned its construction. Bullshit. (laughs) I bet I could spend less than 10 minutes doing an internet search and I could figure out who, who the identity of the man. But this is such, I guess, in line with like that sort of what is inside the black box conspiracy and it's all fucking a pattern that doesn't mean shit uh, until you force a structure on it, right? To say that no one knows the true identity of the man or men who commissioned its construction. Bullshit. I bet I could find that out. But anyway, geoengineeringwatch.org. <laughs> Did you find this link from the Drudge Report or something? <clears throat> or maybe I am on to what fucking makes Joe Rogan so famous, I guess, and you just talk about shit like this and people like that. All that is known for certain is that in June 1979, a well-dressed, articulate stranger, right? It's got that, like, conspiratorial, no, a, a, a small four-piece band from the town of Liverpool. Well-dressed, articulate stranger. I get it adds an air of a dashing gent come into town to give you this, to learn you rednecks up. Really, why did he pick Elbert County, Georgia? All due respect. I don't know anything about it. Visited the office of the Elberton Granite Finishing Company and announced that he wanted to build an edifice to transmit a message to mankind. He identified himself as R.C. Christian, but it soon became apparent that was not his real name. (laughs) All right. So he wanted to commission... An edifice. The language is, you call this purple prose. It's very dramatic. In a well-dressed, articulate stranger. So does that mean you're saying he was a black guy or he wasn't a black guy? Are you using that racist thing where you say he's very articulate? Or are you saying he's articulate? What are you trying to say here? Geoengineering watch. He identified himself as R.C. Christian. Not R.C. Cola but it soon became apparent that was not his real name. RC Cola, do they still make that? I had one once, and it was delicious. And also, it tasted just like Coke. Maybe they're like the... Maybe RC Cola, if it's still out there, is like the genesis of of colas. This genesis... What is the deal with genesis automakers? They can are they allowed to just fucking steal everyone's design? <laughs> First they make that car that looks just like a Bentley. I'm like, oh is that my neighbor drives a Bentley? No, he drives a Genesis. It's pretty slick looking, but it's not a Bentley. And now they have one that looks just like uh one of those Porsche SUVs, but it's Genesis. <laughs> the the real the originals of those uh well, Porsche is a Nazi company. Anyway, they must be just going crazy. Genesis just like, oh, we'll just reverse reverse engineer that. And I look forward to them reverse engineering the Tesla. All right, so R.C. Christian said that he represented a group of men, not a group, a group of men who wanted to offer direction to humanity 
But to date, almost two decades later, no one knows who R.C. Christian really was or the names of those he represented. Again, I promise I could go to a library and figure it out in 15 minutes. And so could you. And you know what? These guys are all not all that bright or distinguished if they are, or even articulate for that matter, if they are going to offer a direction to humanity in Elbert fucking Georgia, wherever the hell that is. No one knew who R.C. Christian really was or the names of those he represented. Hey, by the way, person who texted this in, did you know of the Georgia Guidestones and were just immediately like, oh, you dummy, this is big in the world in the occult hierarchy world that I walk in? I don't know. I'd never heard of him. Had you heard of him? Or did you just search and you found whatever this is, geo-neo-engineering <laughs> power watch? The messages engraved on the Georgia Guidestones deal with four major fields. Number one, governance and the establish, establishment of a world government. Uh-oh. <laughs> Feel t- chests tightening. World government. Oh, no. You mean, what does that mean? I, well, I guess it implies command and control. But it's always interesting, the conspiracy fucking people, you're the ones who vote for the Republicans. So you're voting for the police state and you're voting for more military. So the fuck are you talking about? Governance and the establishment of a world government. All right, you're saying a lot there. Number two, these are one of the four major fields of the Georgia Guidestones. Number two, population and reproduction control. This is hitting on all the sweet spots of the machine-dominating man. Is this, is this what uh, On Rand is about? Three, the environment and man's relationship to nature. And four, spirituality. All right, governance, world government, population, reproduction control... Yes, 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 yes. Well, where do you land on this one then? Because population control is pro-choice. But whoever made the Guidestones does not sound like they vote Democrat. Anyway, the author of this article, whose name is not revealed, on geoengineeringwatch.org, says... In the public library in Elberton, I found a book written by the man who called himself R.C. Christian. I discovered that the monument he commissioned, the monument he commissioned had been erected in recognition of Thomas Paine and the occult philosophy he espoused. I know Paine was a philosopher. I don't know much of his work. Indeed, the Georgia Guidestones are used for occult ceremonies and mystic celebrations to this very day. Well, yeah, dude, the same thing happens fucking six blocks from my house at the Catholic Church and the Presbyterian Church and the whatever else goddamn church. You walk in there, you hear chanting, you hear them, you know, drinking wine and saying this is a man's body. That's fucking occult ceremony and mystic celebration. So you make it seem like the people against goodness and normalcy. (laughs) The pagans are out there. All right, so they're used for occult ceremonies and mystic celebrations to this very day. Tragically, only one religious in the area 
had the courage to speak out against the American Stonehenge, and he has recently located his ministry. Again, I could find that in a five-minute search if it's a real thing. Google is a hell of a drug, and you know that. They're pretty good. Look at the time when you search for something random, and it just says, we found 12 million, million results in point zero 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 seconds. And he has recently relocated his ministry. Because why? He had the courage to speak out against the American... Speak out against what? This is a straw man here, my friend. You didn't tell me... Why would you want to speak out? Against what? You, you haven't told me that anything is worth speaking out against. All right, moving along here. No wonder people think this podcast is good to fall asleep to. My voice in this closet, and I'm not drinking anything. There's a glass of water on the floor. It's currently 10.19 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. The message of the Georgia Guidestones. Number one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. All right, well, the U.S. is almost at 500 million. No, bro, it's three-something. 360, 70, somewhere around there. All right, so maintain humanity in balance with nature. Number two, guide production. Oh, guide reproduction wisely. Well, just that, those three words together, I can understand why somebody would want to speak out against that. Guide reproduction wisely. Improving fitness and diversity. It's the opposite, though, you dummy. The people at the top want the people at the bottom to keep breeding and keep... That's why there are so many pro-life initiatives. It's more than religion. It, it sustains the inequality. You need people at the bottom to be taken advantage of by people at the top. That's how it works. If you can make as many of them who don't have access to reproductive uh, care, who do not have access to abortions, and we need to change the name of that. You've heard me talk about the branding long before this was an issue because it's always been on my mind because I'm so woke. Um, that's uh, it's also doesn't hold up to scrutiny. It holds up to paranoid thought, right? But the people who want to make a master race they need, and, and there are plenty of them. The former president wanted a master race. The current president of Russia would like a master race. It's pretty hot. The woman who almost won the French, whatever you call it, prime ministership or president, whatever it's called, Mac, uh, Macron, Macron won, and who lost? Le Pen. She would like, you know, a master race. Lots of people like a master race. But you don't want a race of superhumans because... Really, you need people to take advantage of. And yes, I know that you can take advantage of those dummies who blindly follow along and think there's a master race. And you know what? There is no race without religion. Okay, now I'm kind of veering into Bill Clinton territory. All right, so guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Hmm, I didn't see that one coming. Maybe they mean socioeconomic diversity. Like you, Yeah, okay, guide reproduction wisely. Improving fitness and diversity. So fitness at the top, these people have figured out, like Elon Musk, he, he, is, he is as fit for the environment as one can be. And diversity in socioeconomic, we need more, more poor, poor people, I guess. I don't know. Number three, this is a message of the Georgia Guidestones. And remember, person who texted this in, 
let me know if you'd heard of these goddamn things before uh, I mentioned them. And I only mentioned them because of LNC. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. All right, that's, uh, what is it? Uh, Q prime, what's a, what's a coding language? SQL, is that what it is? Uniting humanity with a living new language. SQL, Google, it's number four. Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. All right, well, we don't live in that world. There is no re- there's very little reason and very little tempered. There's a lot of tempers, but not much is tempered. Protect people, number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Well, Supreme Court is trying to, and as are most state legislatures, trying to establish minority rule. So I'm all for this, Georgia Fieldstones, Guidestones. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. We don't have that. We have politicized courts. We have, you know that. There's no check and balance in this country. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Dude, you are all over the fucking map here. Is this... Where's the government? I don't know. This is... I don't get this. Well, because you're reading gibberish from geoengineeringtech.org watch. (laughs) Let all nations rule internally, resolving... Yeah, tell that to Putin. He's doing just fine. And he has a situation with Ukraine that he starts on his own, but then he's going to go take it up with the world court. Well, he's going to appoint a bunch of judges who agree with him. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Now it sounds like Kafka or a reaction to Kafka. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Doesn't exist, but it would be great if it did. Number nine, I mean, among those who, uh, you know, Elon Musk does not think about his social duties. I, I tell you that. Elon Musk, to celebrate Texas restricting reproductive rights, moved Tesla headquarters down there. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love. Seeking harmony with infinite, with the infinite. What is this fucking Guidestones not, dude? It's, it's like the ultimate fortune cookie. Just read any of this and just and, and think it true. Apply it to your own life. Number 10. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. My gosh, there is still a fair amount of ways to go here. And I am wondering how everyone's sitting in their cars or their desks or whatever going, yeah, dude, speed it up or just fucking bail on this bit. I feel you. I I got you. All right, I'm going back to what the guy says. Limiting the population of the earth to 500 million will require the extermination of nine-tenths of the world's people. The American Stonehenge's reference to establishing a world court foreshadows the current move to create an international criminal court and a world government. Is that a thing? What's the world government? The companies are the world government, you dummy. The Guidestone's emphasis on preserving nature anticipates the environmental movement of the 1990s and the reference to seeking harmony with the infinite reflects the current effort to replace Judeo-Christian beliefs with a new spirituality. What? Who's replacing those Judeo-Christian beliefs? 
Muslims. I know who's not. The Ateistas. The message... I, I'm sorry. I'm too far in to not keep going, but I, I apologize. What I've done here is I've swam my way into the middle of the lake and I'm looking around and the shore is too far in every direction. <coughs> the message of the American Stone Edge... Hey, also, next time, would you just translate all this fucking shit to me? Just tell me what it is. Just say some dumb shit in the middle of Georgia. And I'll be like, you gotta be more specific. <laughs> the message of the American Stonehenge also foreshadowed the current drive for st- sustainable development. Yeah, Again, that's not something you hear where I live in Georgia, but maybe throughout the world it does. Certainly outside of our country it does. Anytime you hear the phrase sustainable, this is just the guy writing the article, I guess. And I do presume it's a man who's writing this. Anytime you, because, you know, just like I presume 15 is a man. Anytime you hear the phrase sustainable development used, you should substitute the term socialism to be able to understand what is intended. Later in the syllabus, you'll read the full text of the Earth Charter, which was completed under the direction of Mikhail Gorbachev and Maurice Strong. Now, person who texted this in, I really am curious about you. I need to know, is this retweet does not mean endorsement, or are you endorsing this? Because this person who wrote this needs a goddamn editor. Later in this syllabus, what syllabus will you read the full text of the Earth Charter, which was compiled under the direction of Mikhail Gorbachev and Marie Strong? In that document, you will find an emphasis on the same basic issues. Control of reproduction, world governance, etc. I can't keep going. The similarity between the ideas engraved on the Georgia Guidestones and those espoused in the Earth Charter reflect the common origins of both. Which are what? Well, I guess you guys saying, fucking read this more closely. Yoko Ono, oh my gosh, so if you're quoting Yoko Ono, you cannot be <laughs> too far right of the center. Yoko Ono, the widow of John Lennon, thank you, was recently, I, I think by the way we know who Yoko Ono is, you know, like you don't have to say Atlanta, Georgia, or Chicago, Illinois on first reference. I think you just say Yoko Ono, but I get it. It adds a little cash. Like he, you know, he, I did, you know, shag a beetle. Was, she was recently quoted as referring to the American Stonehenge saying, I want people to know about the stones. We're headed toward a world where we might blow ourselves up and maybe the globe will not exist. She's spot on. Right on, Yoko. That music you made. Unlistenable, that fucking wailing. To me. It's a nice time to reaffirm ourselves knowing all the beautiful things that are in the country, in this country, and the Georgia Stones symbolize that. Wow, how did it get on her radar? Well, she hasn't had to work forever since she hooked up with John Lennon. (laughs) What is the true significance of the American Stonehenge and why is its covert message important? It's not covert, my friend. It's diffuse it's anything and everything and it seems covert because you can interpret a million different 
meanings into it. That's how conspiracy theories work, right? That's why even though QAnon supposed, was supposed to have fallen apart when Trump wasn't elected, that just, like, you know, if if you're down the fucking ro- that rabbit hole, it just, that that it didn't happen further solidifies it. It's just, it's, it's just a reinforcing closed circuit of knowledge, lack of knowledge. The fact that, the, because it confirms the fact that there was a covert group intent on number one, a covert group intent on dramatically reducing the population of the world. Well, Germany, sure. Two, promoting, promoting environmentalism. Mm, okay. Three, establishing a world government. Four, dude, geoengineering, I'll tell you what. You know what there is not enough of at geoengineeringwatch.org or whatever I called it? Geoengineeringwatch.org. Some night I'm going to have a few pops and I'm going to fall asleep looking at my phone on geoengineeringwatch.org just to see all the crazy shit that I imagine is there. And when I say crazy, I mean fucking insane. Do I mean it judgmentally? No, but I mean untethered from objectivity. So there's a, there's a, it confirms the, all right, so this is what, after this guy gets this far through this fucking article, he says, the Georgia Guidestones essentially confirm the fact that there was a covert group intent on reducing population, promoting environmentalism, establishing a world government, and promoting a new spirituality. I mean, you know, just throw as many pieces of spaghetti into one sticks, I guess. Or you're just saying, this is Facebook. (laughs) Certainly the group that commissioned the Georgia Guidestones is one, certainly, is one of many similar groups working together, together, of course, a cabal, toward a new world order, a new world economic system, and a new, oh, Bitcoin. It's, It's all perfect. And a new world spirituality. Behind those groups, however, are dark spiritual forces, I'm sorry, dude. I fucking just ran out of steam. I just, I, don't, I just don't care anymore. And I, listeners, if I don't care, I know you don't care, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this and I'll be like, your podcast was doing really well, and thank you. I don't know how it's growing, but it keeps growing, and I'm really grateful for that. And I feel like conjuring that thought, like we talked about accessibility and availability, having that accessible to me. Knowing that the podcast audience is growing tells me you deserve fucking more than me just reading this gibberish. <laughs> so I don't, I still don't know what the Georgia Guidestones are. Some, I don't know. I, I have an idea that there's some riddle, it's like a scavenger hunt. The fact that most Americans have never heard of the Georgia's Guidestones or their message reflects the degree of control that exists today over what the American people think. We ignore that message at our peril. No, dude, it reflects the fact that no one outside of Georgia, and I say this as a former, as a Georgian who used to live outside of Georgia, gives a fuck what happens in the state except if there is an election that could swing the Senate or the U.S. presidential race. That's the only time the rest of the country gives a shit about Georgia. I know that from living here and I, or there, and I know it from living outside. That's why most Americans have not heard of the Georgia Guidestones. 
Okay. And then it says copies are available for researchers, for researchers from Radio Liberty. And that's just how the the bullshit cyclone continues. <laughs> Somebody's doing, quote, if you're doing research like Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you'll use this as your source material. But if you're a freshman in a state college and anywhere in the country and you turn this fucking thing in as your primary source, your teacher, if they're worth their salt, will laugh you out of the classroom. And then you'll go crying and saying you were aggressed upon because your teacher said this is dumb and you were, your feelings were hurt. Now that's kind of old mannish, but, you know, that's what you could do. Uh, and then it just keeps going on and on and on. No, it doesn't. It goes on for two more paragraphs, but... Like I said, I've lost interest. And you know what? You deserve better. So I'll give you better next time. I might pick up... Uh, LNC did circle back. I, I am sorry I've been so busy. I didn't have uh, the chance to dig into it fully. But she might have a simple one-sentence response about what the Georgia Guidestones are. But this thing just... When I say this article, person who texted this in, this article gives has more questions and answers... <laughs> Rest assured, those are questions that I am not going to try to answer because they are uh, basically nonsensical. But if you really, person who texted in, tell me this. Had you heard of the Georgia Guidestones and are you also a frequent visitor of geoengineeringwatch.org and a supporter? And then the other thing is, uh, what? what? Tell me in one sentence what the Georgia Guidestones are. How about that? Boil it down to an elevator pitch. Everyone else, uh, thank you for listening and, and surviving this one. And if you don't hear Brent Starr's voice at the beginning saying, Joe, what's the name of your podcast? It's because uh, the sound file is not accessible to me when I'm going to put this up on... Anyway, you'll hear... Maybe I'll put it in after when I get back to Atlanta, if that's where it is. Have a great weekend and... Rest in peace, rest in power, my Uncle Jeff, who was married to my Aunt Maggie. And uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday.